right, welcome to the show. This is the Up and Smoke Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Stopsky. Um, we have a, a good show for you guys today. Uh, if you were on football Twitter yesterday, you saw the head coaching rankings that Good Morning Football put up that were from PFF. Well, I reached out to Connor McQuiston, the author of the, of the article. We sat down, we talked about it. That's going to be essentially most of the show today. Um, we do have, uh, I'm kind of working on some things behind the scenes. There might be a bit of a change to the show, but it might be very exciting. Honestly, it, if it happens, it's going to be very exciting. But uh, until that's kind of done, I'm probably just going to do a few interviews uh, and and do it that way. Because uh, I don't want to commit to anything, uh, any kind of project before before it's uh, all said and done. So, you know, just keep your eye out for that. It might be, uh, if it does happen, it'll be coming down the pipeline pretty soon. Uh, also... Before we jump into anything, Austin Gale, uh, the head of the former head of content at PFF, announced he's going to the Ringer. So proud of him! He's going to do great stuff there. Um, you know, listen, we're we are in the dog days of June, man. When it comes to football, so we're kind of just looking at anything to talk about. So yesterday we were we were granted a gift from from Connor and PFF. Uh, had some fun arguing on Twitter about if the head coaching rankings were. Uh, we're legit. I'm sure if you did see it, you saw a lot of talking heads get very angry about this. But if you read the article, it makes sense. So let's bring on Carmen Quiston, the author of the article, also a uh, football research intern for PFF and Alex research uh, researcher for the 33rd team, uh, which I believe is um, uh, Mike Tannenbaum's um, website. Uh, he's also a, a big Dadable uh, 2021 honorable mention. Like, this kid is smart. He's a smart dude, analytics-driven dude. Uh, and when you listen to the interview, you'll you'll understand how these rankings came about. Connor, man, thanks for joining the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing absolutely phenomenal. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing good, man. You had a hell of a day yesterday on Twitter. You became famous <laughs> overnight. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I might be on TV, you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, I also had Kyle Brandt uh, make fun of me on national television. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, and then you made it. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, let, let's, let, let's, jump, um, let's jump right into this. Uh, yesterday, the football world exploded because, you know, it's the offseason. So they're looking at anything to be excited about. Yeah. Uh, Good Morning Football published. We're not really published. They made a graphic of an article that you made that came out on Monday, and it was uh, head coaching rankings. But we'll we'll get into the the rankings yeah, a little yeah. bit there. Um, and uh, people were, uh, you know, it, you, it's almost like you made fun of their mother, like when when you published <laughs> these rankings. Um, what was that like? Because like, it, I, I'm sure you didn't know that when football was going to run with that story. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, okay. Apparently all of Twitter hates me today. <laughs> well, I, well, actually, the funny thing is not like that many people relatively uh, figured out that it was me that wrote the rankings. They just always like PFF conglomerate or whatever. Uh, the monolith, if you will. Um, the monolith, so it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. So it wasn't as bad. Um, my day, my day. Yesterday, you know, I doom scrolled for a little bit, uh, you know, took a little punch to the ego. I had some people that check on like, are you doing all right? Which was nice. Uh, but then, you know, I had had some had some chicken for lunch and dinner. Uh, I went on a that I went on an actually not great date. <laughs> so, but, you know, other than that, I might be on but uh, I might be on TV now, which is exciting. Hey, that, uh, that, that's good. It, it also is very funny to like see people because like the, the two big rankings, um, 
uh, Mike Tomlin and Sean McVay aren't in the top 10 of the rankings, which is very silly. They're both obviously top 10 coaches, but because of the way I did it, they just didn't end up there. Uh, so, but then like people like quote tweet uh, the original thread I had in it, like dunking on it. So then like for a couple of them who had blue check marks, I just like copy and paste to the last tweet in the thread. Like, oh, by the way, this is why the ones you're yelling about aren't on it. And then it'd be like, oh, okay. I guess I should have actually read the article. Not to be that guy, because I did public no. rankings that were silly. So, well, but 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 let let's be fair though. Like you, you put the uh, the disclaimer in the article in the first four paragraphs. We're not in like no, and not they're not even like there wasn't like it was like a thesis paper. Yeah, you say like if they had a uh, because you're doing this based off salary, not off grades. Uh, court, coaches that were using a rookie quarterback were gonna have uh, slightly skewed favorable rankings like cliff kingsbury who went you know number four while tomlin to your to your uh uh example ben roethlisberger from 11 to, to 22 is like one of the highest paid quarterbacks during that span um so we'll, we'll jump into to why you chose salary over over grades um in a second i'm sorry about 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 the uh uh the bad date was she a steelers fan is that what happened was she like <laughs> no fuck, no fuck uh, this guy <laughs> No, not that. Uh, we we went to a museum. Uh, we went to Penn U- Museum, and we were walking around. And she read, you know, a couple words. I don't think she's she's not going to listen to this. So this is fine. <laughs> I, I would imagine so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were just walking around the Penn Museum, and they had a uh, like ancient Chinese artifacts uh, exhibit. And so we were walking around that, and she's re- reading like two words of every plaque, uh, like describing what the thing is. And then we get to these limestone um, things, which have these really intricate engravings, and. Um, you know, and like, and like faces and hair and all the like very intricate, very detailed characters. Um, and she looks at me and says, Oh, what's limestone, by the way, this thing that they keep mentioning. So I like, tell her what limestone is. Uh, and then she goes, Oh, well, you know, I bet I could do that, you know, with a little bit of practice and then just move along, just flippantly. I was like, all right. Well, okay. <laughs> that's how this is going to go. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, yeah, she's, that sounds she's like a, she's good. a nice person, but you know, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pass. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, that's uh, that that's that's fantastic. All right, so um, we you kind of spoke about like no the monolith, and that was something when I was with PFF, I had to fight a lot. Was that um, you know, because every analyst is different. While PFF as a company may have one or two like um real takes on things, most of it is individual, right? You know, yeah, Sam is different than Steve. Well, not anymore, Austin, but Con- uh, but uh, uh, Connor's different than George. Eric is different than Mark. Like you know, Ben and Trash are not are no, have the same opinion. Um, how how do you feel about that? Like, obviously, it saved you some uh, some flack yesterday in terms of like you know not yeah. not not taking the brunt of it. But um, do you feel that kind of hinders you guys a little bit in terms of like you can't have your own opinion because it automatically gets gets credited to a company? Um, I, I think, I think it depends, uh, you know, in, in a graphic, like when good morning football or when, uh, you know, ESPN runs a piece, it'll always be like, Oh, pro football focus said this, which is kind of, you know, unfortunate, um, especially, you know, for someone like me who is, uh, you know, relatively new to this space, at least in terms of like this scale. And, you know, it would, it would be nice to get some, you know, slightly bigger recognition for individuals. Um, but overall, I mean, it's just, uh, it, you know, we, we do have a, uh, I don't like to frame uh, PFF as like, instigators or as like you know mavericks or whatever but you know we we do have a uh, uh it, there is a reputation that comes with it so that is a bit unfortunate and it would be you know and 
and also like it's just a convenient way to paint um analytics people because you know there are there are like two or three prominent talking points you know fourth downs running backs don't matter pass more basically uh so and you know like and if you're just a casual football fan on twitter who's not like ingrained in this analytics space that's all you're going to see and then that's all you're going to see pff talking about and then you're going to see that ryan tan has a 92 point whatever grade and then you know so it's an unfortunate thing but it is a thing you know you kind of have to expect at this point just you know within the space and kind of work around that all right um so let's finally jump into the into the rankings here um so you chose this based on salary uh, over uh, over anything else, like it'd be like grades or, or whatever. Why did you choose that? Yeah. So uh, so for anyone who hasn't read the article, um, the way I did the rankings was I tried to. So when you do a coach, when you're trying to approximate coach value, which is uh, you know the way I try to do um, these rankings, because that's you know I could just do off the cuff, uh, but you know I have the specific skill set. This is the specific way I want to go about. So when you do this, you have to do two things. You have to one pick a good number that dis- accurately describes coach value, which is already a miserable task in itself. And then two, uh, you have to find a way to approximate roster talent. And ideally, if you have time, uh, just adjust for strength of schedule. Um, I didn't get to that last part just because of the time constraints. Uh, so the way I chose to go about uh, approximating uh, roster strength is I looked at every starter uh, across starter defined as the player who took the most snaps at the position uh, during the season. So this was like the three wide receivers who had the most snaps, the quarterback who had the most snaps, the three linebackers who had the most snaps, the two interior D linemen, you know, stuff like that. Um, I chose to do this by salary. Um, the logic behind with an indicator, if a player was still on his rookie contract, uh, the logic behind this is if I have two quarterbacks, one signs for $35 million in the same offseason, one signs for $35 million, uh, another signs for $50 million. The quarterback who signs for fifty million dollars is probably better. You know, if I want to sound like a huge nerd, uh, this I would say uh, the NFL NFL free agent markets are probably efficient or efficient enough to make this approximation. Uh, now, of course, there are pitfalls to this, namely Ben Roethlisberger, who sucked the last two years, but you know made made a butt ton of money. Uh, rookie quarterbacks is another big one. Tom Brady taking less than he is than his market value would say. These are these are issues with the model, but I would rather take these issue these issues with the model than using player grades, which are especially on the offensive side of the ball, especially at the quarterback position, which you know you kind of have to focus a lot on with this sort of thing. Uh, that is extremely you know it's not independent of play calling. You know the, the quarterbacks who call who run a bunch of play action, Kirk, Ryan Tannehill being the two you know obvious examples. They always grade well. That's just how PFF system works. You're not going to get around that. But for my liking, that was too influenced by coaching to uh, run with. So I just, just decided to go salary. You know, do something a little different. That's no, that that is smart because um, I didn't actually think about that because yeah, the grades are very uh, uh, influenced by the scheme that the player is in, right? Like because it's you no, know, they're, they're production grades. They're not athletic grades or trait grades. They are production grades. So yeah. if you have a player that's in a system. And the system doesn't use them, doesn't use them right, or like you know, said Tannehill, uh, you know, uses them properly. Um, it's kind of like counting coaching twice uh, yeah, overall. Exactly. So it, so I, 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 all right. So I understand now because when I first saw these rankings, I was also a little like confused of, of why I'm, salary over grades, especially yeah. when you guys have the grade, the the play by play grades. Yeah. Um, but that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so the first few to jump out, obviously, you, you already mentioned uh, McVeigh and and Tomlin. Uh, I think Cliff Kingsbury was probably the next one, but again, he had Kyler Murray. Um, I know this is not going to be exactly with, with your with oh, your findings right. here, but like, 
Cliff uh, obviously had during his time in college did not do that well. Uh, yeah. And then you know, he comes to to Arizona, and you can you can kind of argue it's been a little here and there. Um, when you had that finding, like where where would you have put Cliff? Like if, if this was like just like hey like off the cuff rankings? Yeah. For you, like with a like so. Out? Uh, so if you look at the um, so there's a plot associated with um mm-hmm. with this and you look at the plot they I I, I do include error bars you know mm-hmm. I going to this I know no one's going to actually like, look at the error bars because they never do but they are there uh, for my sake and the actual dots of where the coaches are ranked they're really close to each other but if you look at the range from like uh, Andy Reid who's at three and Sean McVay who has eleven they're separated by like uh, oh also the 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 number I used to uh, say how good a coach was is I modeled what is their approximate value in terms of um, points scored on the season and the points allowed in the season. And then, you know, you say, okay, if I have an average team, team that scores uh, 348 points allowed and scored in the same year, and I apply the effect of the coach, uh, I can turn that into Pythagorean wins and then I can map that onto a 17 game season. Uh, so basically the way the coaches are ranked is how many, you know, how many games on average do we think you would win in the 17 game season with an average uh, roster? Uh, but if you look at the, but like the separation between Andy Reid at three and Sean McVay at 11 is like probably 0.3 wins across wow. that whole, whole range. And you look at the error bars, they're, they're indis- indistinguishable statistically speaking. Um, but you know, rankings, uh, right, right. <laughs> so, but so Cliff is well within that four to 11 range. You know, I think, you know, if I'm doing, if I was doing those and in that range, there's uh, Mike McCarthy, which also got a lot of flack. Uh, Frank Gregg's in there. Mike Vrabel's in there. Um, Shanahan Lafleur's in there. You know, I would put. I think I'd put Cliff on the lower end of that tier, uh, but I think I'd put him in. You know, so call it. You know, somewhere between, uh, probably around eleven. You know, eleven to fifteen ish. I think. Okay. I think that's. I, I think that that's pretty fair. Um, yeah. Like so, I, I I haven't done the same kind of modeling work that you've done, but like yeah. when, I, when I do models, um, or I do any kind of like research project. Um, there's always that one outlier, right? That like kind of like sticks oh, yeah. to the top, and you're like, "Ah, fuck! I'm gonna publish this something again." <laughs> no one's gonna read any of this. They're gonna see that one name and go, "This dude's yeah. a fucking idiot." Um, yeah. was that like, was that like was that Tomlin being out and Cliff being in like that almost the top being in the top five? Oh yeah, were like like hmm, I know exactly where the eyes are gonna go for this one. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw that. I was like, ah, ah, shit. Uh, <laughs> but but I thought I could explain you know explain why that is the case. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned that in the paragraphs in like the yeah. one or two lines uh, in the actual article. So I thought, you know, shame on me for forgetting that people would just you know, look at the rankings uh, for a second. But, you know, like, uh, but I, I was fine with them because I felt I could explain them. Uh, like the McVeigh ranking, like he's like he ranked in the top 10 offensively in terms of like adding points scored. Uh, but, you know, his defenses have, but it ranked him pretty poorly on defense just because like they've had really well paid defenses and they've done really well. So it's like, that doesn't take for account that he, you know, plays a hand in hiring Wade Phillips and Brandon Staley and Raheem Morris, uh, and you know, being able to manage those big personalities, which I think for an actual head coach is really good. But you know, right. in terms of the the way the dots and the lines have to go close together in this specific in this specific project, it's going to make him look bad. So so yeah, you look at that and you're like, well, fuck, Cliff's four. People are going to get real mad at that. Uh, but you can, but since I understand why in the model it ends up that way, like you just kind of accept it. All right, the last one I want to bring up, um, Pete Carroll. Uh, that w- I was surprised at Pete Carroll at five. Um, also, he didn't have a rookie quarterback. Um, well, 
he did have Russ for a bunch of it on there. But but Russ ended up making a bunch of money in the end. So it wasn't like it was you no know, totally uh it was it wasn't like it was um no Cliff Kingsbury here. Yeah. Um why was Coach Carroll so high in this rankings? Like I I figured he'd be higher high, but I've been thinking number five. Yeah. Well once again, he is in that three to eleven range. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, which I th- I think that's fair. You know, I think yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. I think if you you know to take a step away from Ben Baldwin and uh, you know, and and analytics people yelling let Russ cook, I think it's pretty fair to say the Seahawks have been immensely successful over this entire decade-ish long period. Uh, their defenses have always been good, even you know, even before the Legion of the Boom really took off, even after they got paid, and even after most of them left, the Seahawks defense has never really been bad. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's really what buoyed his ranking up, his ranking up. And on the offensive side, it was just like, you know, their offensive line has never really been that good. Uh, they've had one or two good receivers at a time and obviously Russ, but like, you know, they've just kind of, the model sees Pete as having like basically tread water um, in, you know, in the offensive category relative to expectation. Uh, but the defenses have always been strong. So that's why he's, you know, he is specifically number five, but, you know, looking at the data and taking into uncertainties in that, you know, three to 11, good coach period range, uh, which I, th- I think is more fair. No, so I agree with you. And Connor, man, I, I appreciate you taking the time uh, going over this. And listen, I appreciate you sticking to your guns. You know, you could have, you <laughs> could have messed. Listen, I, I've seen plenty of times when like someone will make a model and be like, that's just not right. And they just like kind of move them without like, <laughs> and, and not sticking to the math. Right. And you're yeah. like, listen, this is how, how this is how it worked out. This is, this isn't how a ranking of how good each coaches is, this is how it is in this model. Yeah. And that's it. And so like, I appreciate you sticking to your guns and I know it takes some flack for it, but yeah, it it's unfortunate. People don't read, uh, articles. It, they, they barely read headlines at this point. Yeah. So, but you, but uh, you, I mean, you have to know that going in, you know, yeah, exactly. like you but, just have to be prepared for that. All right, man, where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Connor MCQ five. That's C O N O R MCQ five. Um, I did just start a sub stack about that. I don't know how many people interested are going to be interested in this, but it's about a, a very small minutia in college football uh, recruiting. <laughs> so oh, I just, I'm interested. I, I just published a piece about how, uh, about why Arizona state doesn't do very well recruiting in Arizona. Uh, and that's like my pinned tweet. So you can find that there. I think it's called uh, the evaluation period, which I thought was clever. Big thanks again for Connor Quiston for coming on again, follow him. On Twitter at Connor MCQ five, uh, I'm gonna check out that recruiting stuff immediately. That's, you know, that, that's like just mm. for June, reading things like this, perfect. Um, but check out his work; uh, he does great stuff. And also, you know, check out all PFF work. Listen, even if you don't agree with it, even if you hate PFF, if you hate analytics, you should read. You should read about it because you know what? There are things in there that you may not have thought about. You know what? Expand your horizon a bit. Or don't. Go fuck yourself. Who the, who the hell knows? I'll see you guys next week. Maybe with some big news. If I don't have big news, it didn't happen. So don't fucking ask me about it. All right? See you guys next week.